You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. Welcome to The Final Stand. uh, Anyways, let's let's get into this. I had um, a couple different supernatural experiences, and I'm going to share those supernatural experiences here. I'll get right to the narrative on those. Okay, so I'm just waiting for my equipment to upload. Okay, so. Oh, hold on one second. Okay, so. A, a sister, I forget who it was. Asked me about if I thought it was. Um, the time of. Uh, Revelations 6, 5, on that chapter. I do not believe it is. But I did have an experience that was a little odd to me, and I didn't know what to do with it or even where to put it. And what I mean by that is, is just, you know, uh, good understanding of the scriptures and stuff and, and the end times. Um, I already, you know, am settled in that. And but I'll, the Lord spoke to me, and I'll I'll get to it. So just let me un, unwind this. Uh, Got to get another pair of glasses. These are prescription. I'm gonna go in this week and get a get a new pair. <laughs> Hallelujah! Wow, I've been I've been super gluing them. That doesn't work. Oh. So let me get into what the Lord gave to me. Okay, look, this is a supernatural experience. Um, it, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I, I saw this. Um, okay, what I saw was Revelations chapter 6, verse 5, and, and verse 6. But I did not see, and uh, I did not see what is written there which is, is, is strange, but I didn't. And it, it was an experience. Um, yeah. And, and I'm even having a hard time explaining and communicating this as I'm saying this. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to explain all that I saw. Cause it's just, it was, um, wasn't natural. It was, a, it was a supernatural thing. It's a little hard to explain to you. So I'm not going to do that. And we want to get to the narrative of the program than trying to explain a supernatural experience that is going to actually take away from the program. Okay. So uh, chapter six, verse five says this. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast saying, come and see and behold and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands. I actually didn't see verse five. Now I think about it when I had this supernatural experience, I saw revelations six, six. That's what I saw. Okay. But in, when, when I saw this, okay, in the supernatural experience, the word famine was like, was like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's just the scripture was there, but the word was famine was there. In in the scripture, it actually doesn't say that, okay? So in the, in the experience that I had, um, yeah, 
I don't know, maybe in some translations it uses the word famine. I don't know. But let's read what it does say. And this is what it says. And I heard a voice in the midst of the of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny. And three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And I literally saw this scripture. When I saw it, the word famine was like was like there and was like like uh, I don't know how to it was a supernatural experience. It was like the word famine was like shh, you know, something like that. And um later I was like, um, I'm gonna look that scripture up and and uh find out, you know, um I, I, since I'm gonna share on this, I need to find out where it's at. And I need to read it. And then as I read it, I was like, wow, it doesn't even say that there. It talks about, it talks about in the scripture, actually, what it says is that a, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And I'm like, wow. But I understood as I read it, it was obvious that it's talking about famine. I'm like, okay. And, and so the, so the Lord, gets, let me see that scripture and then I saw the word famine, like, shush, okay? And and so then I, and I understood, uh, I thought, I thought to myself, I bet you that this has to do uh, with the, the four horses, okay? And so I went ahead and researched it, and it does. Now, here at the ministry where we, we meet and everything here, um, we have a, a prayer meeting Bible study every day. And so I, I shared here about this word and I also asked for input because I, I asked for input from the people um, that were there with me in the morning in the prayer meeting uh, about input on this. Um, what was their thoughts on it? Because when I saw this, I did not for one second feel an indication that the Lord was saying that this seal was being open and this was happening. And so I knew that there was more to it. And so I said, we need to, you know, please, uh, you know, I believe wisdom is questioning, asking why, what, doing, you know, really trying to understand, not just going ahead and jumping to some conclusion. Um, so I, I asked the brothers to give me input if they had any. I don't feel that they had anything that was valid, though many times I get good input from my brothers here. And they have a lot of good stuff to say at different times. And I, I appreciate the different things that they say. It's just the attitude they say it in, in fact. So I, I was looking for to see if they had anything to say. I didn't find that I got a witness in, into what they were saying. Um, one brother, Only one brother had something to say actually on it. The other didn't. But I just didn't get a witness of it. But but then the Lord gave me a download, and you all know what a download is. It just came to me that this was not that what the Lord was talking about, that this was is speaking of a non-localized famine. So we're talking a famine that's throughout the earth. Now, some of you that may be new to the program don't know that I've got like maybe, I don't know, 10 different different uh, 
videos starting in 2016 is when I started different videos uh, that are in there where I'm sharing on famine and, uh, and, uh, and I documented those videos. In fact, I had a visitation from the well, angel of the Lord uh, around 11 months ago and where the angel of the Lord showed me the season we're in right now. And I begin to share here that there's going to be a food shortage and that, and that it's going to be in the earth. And this is before uh, it was on the news or before you possibly heard about it. I'm pretty sure you never heard about it because it was not mentioned on the news. It was not mentioned by uh, the president or, or, or governments um, at all. So uh, that vision was what I was given about a famine. But what the Lord is showing me, he wants to emphasize, he wants to put an apostrophe behind this. He wants people to prepare and get ready. I also believe that we could pray and that maybe things could be changed a little, um, maybe totally. I don't know, uh, to be honest. Um, I think it's a virtue to be able to say you don't know everything. I think it's not a virtue if you say you do. So um, I would prefer to say it like that. So, But I understood that the Lord was saying, through this supernatural experience, and there's no other um, explanation, or not explanation, but there's no other way to explain what happened. It's a supernatural experience, right? I have them. There's not a natural experience. It's a supernatural experience that I had, that I was shown. And as I sought the Lord on this, what I got was this is not talking about a localized famine, but a global famine. And I've already shared that because the vision that I received like 11 months when the, there was an angel of the Lord stood on my side. He was eight foot tall. I was right next to him. And he and and he told me calamity is coming. He said, many that are rich in this hour are going to become poor and others will become very wealthy. Um, I was taken up into heaven. I looked down upon the earth and I saw that the earth was covered in darkness. In fact, I was sharing with a brother about the darkness thing. And I, I think I left that vision out. It's another darkness vision I've had. So, and, and when, before I was taken up, we were in a field, me and this angel. Now, if you read Jesus in his parables, he said, the field is the earth. So, and all of the grass was dead. That represents famine. Okay. So what we're talking about is that the Lord is talking about the uh, the in a proverb in the new testament jesus said the the field represents the earth so i and an angel were standing in a field where all the grass was dead a famine to the whole earth not localized and so he just wants me to reemphasize this i'm not really sure why but he wants me to reemphasize this okay because you know i honestly don't know i'm like wow lord that's it's i've already done uh, shared on this but here it is again I think it's maybe it's a punctuation that uh, we need to pray against a global famine. We can get into all of the conspiracies and not that the conspiracies are phony. I neither affirm or deny. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm talking about the famine and that it is not going to be uh, localized. Okay. But it's going to be global and there needs to be preparation for it. Um, then I was shown as I, uh, was seeking the Lord. Again, I was shown something, and it's very interesting. Um, 
And then it says, and I heard a voice, verse 6, actually, I'm going to go down here. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to go to verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast saying, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse, his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed him and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the of the earth. Okay. Okay. And um, so here again, I was shown <laughs> this scripture but not as it is written again. In other words, you go look at the scripture and it doesn't say that, but it does say it if you look deeper. But I saw this again. And, and what I saw was here where he says, um, and it says with death. And what I saw was with great death. I actually saw that. It doesn't say that here. Okay. But I saw this. Okay, the supernatural experience. Uh, later, as I came back and was actually studying the scriptures, then I then I was brought into a supernatural experience where I saw the scripture, but it did not say this. It's it 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 it. it what it said was with great death. So there was a, an apostrophe put on here. Now I I felt that that part had to do with war. That's what I felt that had to do with, and I know this is a little bummer, but that's what I that I felt that it had to do with war. That is not happening now. And again, I'm not, I do not believe that the Lord was talking to me about eschatology. I believe that the Lord is talking to me about what is happening in the earth and what has, uh, well, we won't say w any more than that. Maybe I'll talk about it on my podcasts uh, where I cover different subjects there that I, that I wouldn't speak on this platform. And that is why also you um, should subscribe to other uh, podcasts. I, I, continue, I want to continue to be here as long as I can have a good relationship with you, too. I, I want to continue to be here. Um, in fact, this, I would like this to be my number one platform. So I'm not trying to uh, solicit you to other platforms. I'm just saying if you want to get all of my contents, uh, then you're going to want to subscribe to other uh, platforms as many other people do on YouTube say that uh, but it's not that my desire is to leave platform this platform I see no logical reason to leave the most successful YouTube the most successful media channel um, YouTube uh, for for streaming and doing your own program to go somewhere else that is not that makes no sense to me at all but I have built as it were a spoke and you can help support that spokes. I had a vision about this. And in the vision, I couldn't understand what it was about. I saw this, this rim. And in the rim was the nucleus of the rim. And there was no tire on the rim. And I was, Lord, what are you showing me? This is a vision experience. And for a long time, I just said, I don't understand why you showed this to me. And then I heard a brother talking about it. And he, had, he talked about how that he had created a, a nucleus his main website, and then spokes on that, like his podcast and his other different websites and stuff. So in the description area, please subscribe to all my different, uh, as, a, as a supporter here, 
support uh, of subscribe to this. It won't hurt you. It's not painful to do that. And I may come up with different uh, uh, contents. I haven't been able to do that really, to be honest. Part of it is I just don't feel led, even though I've read some of your comments and I want to do videos on that. It's like I simply feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me that's a good question, but I need you need to focus on this. And to be honest, this program is I try to have my program and my life orchestrated uh, by the Holy Spirit. I would like to have that to be the way that my life is lived. So even though people give me good ideas and stuff, this, after all, is the Lord's program. So I eventually I'd like to get to some of the answers, questions people have asked to do a question and answer. I've not been able to do it. However, I have come up with new uh, contents for my um my podcast, literally, that uh, there's, and if this is not a, a literal podcast here, people call it, but it becomes a podcast. But uh, on my literal podcast, uh, which is, the link is below in the description, you can hear different content that is not shared here on this program. So just be aware of that and subscribe to the different things. Um, nevertheless, so, and I, I have to share that because we're, we're, we're a 513 ministry. This is what I do full time. Um, on this property, I have two, there's this, this house and there's two other like small homes here on this one property. We all live here. It is the headquarters of this ministry. We have church services here on Sunday. And, um, so, and so 513, I have to say that because, you know, uh, we live by faith and praise God. So that is what the Lord showed me on that right there, that, uh, even, even in the, I believe in the. The enemy's calendar, however you want to put it, um, we have to pray that. Another thing here is a prophetic word. A brother that is a friend of mine named Steve Purcell, he texted me because I had shared how I kept on seeing 9-11. Now, I see 9-11 a lot of times, and and to be honest, I've asked God to not be ambiguous with me. Like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll uh, you know, I've closed my eyes and I begin to see numbers flashing before me uh, or you know, asleep or awake. I had a supernatural experience with the Lord about numbers and how that he would speak to me, not from the book of numbers, but through numbers. But I'm like, you know, I, I don't share a lot of times on that because I, they're ambiguous. I want more of an answer. But I, I the brother texts me uh, on my Telegraph um, uh, app and 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 he said, haven't, haven't you been sharing about 9-11? I'm like, yeah, I have. So I, I, I got it this morning. Okay. And he's he's a, a brother that has the prophetic gift, and and um, I, I don't like to use the word a prophet, but uh, to be honest, for anyone, I think that those are more descriptions than they are titles. I think the only title we're supposed to have in the New Testament is uh, the only the only title that matters in the New Testament is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. After all, John was the greatest revelator and and the prophetic in the New Testament. He didn't call himself a prophet, and Revelations one he called him the servant. He said, "John, the servant of Christ," and 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 I think what we've been we've been compromised in the United States of America because we've made like um, superstar, movie star, uh, Christians, and I think that we've done that. Is I think it's, a, it's I think it's blasphemy actually. I think it came through the Roman Catholic thing where you know you see a lot of these Roman Catholic type of churches and stuff that you know they make them kiss their hand or kiss their foot. Um, they wear all these really fancy clothes and stuff like that so that they can stand out and be, you know, look different than other people. And, um, they call him father where Jesus said, let no man call you father. 
uh, it's unbiblical, or they call him a priest. And this, again, is a title. And, and I think that Jesus was very clear about this when he said, don't let anybody call you a father. Don't let anybody call you teacher. And you say, well, there's the gift of teaching in the New Testament. Well, Paul said there's the gift of teaching. He didn't, he didn't say to call people teacher because you can't refute Jesus. So the, the, these are descriptions. They're not titles. And then he said, let no man call you rabbi. But And, and our equivalent today, based upon the etymology of that word in the Koine Greek, the, it would be a pastor. He said, don't let anybody call you pastor. You know, pastor is a title. You call me John. Okay, so I, I'm saying this because I feel that we've been hijacked today in Christianity and we've been misled. So when I'm talking about this brother and I call him a, a prophet, I want to say he's a servant of the Lord. In fact, I'm going to I'm, I am digressing and I'm going to get back onto the, another prophetic word about terrorism. Okay, the Lord helped me to do that. But the reality is, I, I said after our meeting, we all went uh, at the church service, we went out to um uh, Twin Valleys from the church we went to Twin Valleys and we all had food out there dinner after church last night. And I made a comment somewhere along the, along the way saying that uh, my brother, or I said it in the church service that my brother is more prophetic than me. And I, hopefully he won't listen to this because I don't want him to get a big head though. He follows the program regularly. But I said that. And after I said it, I felt like I needed to edit that because I felt like the Lord checked me because reality is the very idea that somebody is more of a prophet than another is all into this superstar heroism, idolatry that came in through the Roman Catholic. And you can see it. You can see this. And you see some of these different people in Orthodox churches. They wear the big cones on their hair, head, or they got these gigantic beards, you know, and stuff. And it's just, it's just all really fancy looking clothing and stuff. People got to kiss their hands and their feet. It's idolatry. That's come over to Christianity where people want to be called, call me pastor, call me doctor, call me, call me uh, teacher, evangelist, apostle. No, no, I think I won't do that. And I don't want you to call me that. We ought to call each other uh, brother or, or, or sister in the Lord. And we ought to those understand those are descriptions. They could not be titles because then Jesus would be contradicting himself. Okay. I mean, you got to understand that as the early Christians would always do in the, in the understanding of doctrine, if they felt anything was written by someone else and it seemed to be in conflict with what they believed. They would go and read the red letters of Jesus and then they would always go and say, well, this is what Jesus said. He's got to be right. He was the son of God. Even when they looked at the gospels and the epistles, they would always go to uh, and that, what I mean is the epistles, not the gospel. And it, when they would they always go to the gospels first, Matt, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is a fact historically. Okay. And you need to understand that. So the second thing that I got is, so the brother told, tells me about the, um, that he's been, that he saw 9-11 that morning. I saw 9-11 three times that week. And I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want ambiguousness. I don't want to do a program where I'm sharing ambiguous things. That's why I'm, I'm not taking credit, but I saw a lot of stuff that was going to happen and that it's happened already, but I never shared on it because I didn't have, I, I, I didn't want to just do a video saying the Lord's given me 9-11, even though within days of those things that I saw personally, and I, my brother's here in this ministry that even watched the program, and I'll tell you, that's what I said. But I'm, I said, I'm not going to do a program on it. But my wife, who is has the gift of the, of the prophetic, 
she got the word terrorism. Okay, so Steve Purcell, myself, and my wife have all been getting 9-11. My wife didn't get that. She got the word terrorism. Okay, terrorism. And she prayed about it, and she said that the Lord said that you can pray and it could stop. That the Lord told her that. Okay, so be on, if you're a prayer warrior, and I hope you are, okay, to be honest, I, I like a lot of you, but I like the prayer warriors better. <laughs> you say, really, yeah, I don't say that. You say, well, I've never heard any pastor say that, but it's the truth, because you're, you're more useful. You're more profitable. That's true. And, I'm, I, and, and I, I understand value and profit, and Listen, I love you all. I appreciate you all, but I love you who are prayer warriors, who intercede for this ministry. Love you give. That's great as well. I mean, we, we, we like eating around here, but I actually understand that everything happens through prayer. And so my focus, I really appreciate you who pray for this ministry more than anything else. I don't want to be a foolish pastor and, and not say, well, so this other stuff doesn't matter. It does. But reality is, that prayer will get everything done. If you guys who got wisdom, you understand prayer gets everything done. And so I appreciate you prayer warriors more than anything. And I pray that you would put me uh, every, you know, write yourself a note. You who pray every day, put a note, throw a fast one out there. If you don't, you don't want to cover me long. That's okay. Okay. But I would appreciate it if you would pray for me. Okay. I, I really would. I appreciate that you would pray for the ministry and all that we have here. Every, whatever the Lord leads you to pray by the Holy Spirit for this ministry, I would appreciate it because I understand that prayer is what gets things done. I tell you right now, prayer is, 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 is what really makes things happen on the earth that are established in heaven. First, they're established in heaven. And so I really appreciate you prayer warriors. Because that's this whole ministry is is a prayer ministry. Uh, we meet here um, seven days a week for a prayer meeting. That's the focus of my whole life is is prayer. Um, I, I'd like to say, uh, um, you know, that I pray more than I, I I like to say that I should pray more. But I pray every day, and we seek the Lord here. But I know that I've got to increase on it. Um, I'd like to increase all my prayer. In fact. Uh, I'll, I'll take a little bit of time and, and digress a little here from the subject, which I've already shared, though, now the two prophetic experiences, one about an, a, a non-localized famine to a global famine, which has already been shared and documented on this program that I've shared it a long time ago. In fact, some of those videos that I did were four to five years ago, different visions that are still on my program where I'm talking about how that there's going to be a famine coming because I've had a lot. I've had four or five visions possibly on famine coming to the United States of America. First vision that I had of, of, of note was in 1979. And it was a vision that persecution would come to America. Now I was 15 years old then, and I'm 57 now. And so, um, but I've seen this stuff coming, but let's prepare, let's get ready. And by the way, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to share everything that the Lord has put on my heart here on the program. Um, maybe I'll do that at other times, but not today. So there, I don't want to uh, 
bury all of this and 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 people not be able to get get this by putting it too much on here today but let me just say hi to everybody out there god bless you uh, uh yes thank you for yes god bless you and happy memorial day amen uh lily god bless you jeremiah 33 3 god bless you aaron god bless you um amen hey aaron i got your text um i'll try to get back to you i've been i've been busy i, I you know i wish i could clone myself you know, <laughs> I wish I could clothe myself because I got I, so many times I got so many things to do. Uh, Latoya, God bless you. Amen. God bless you all. So, um, amen. Just wanted to say hi to you all as well. And I appreciate everybody here at this ministry. And let's just understand something. Jesus said, and I, I, I am going to share this. Let me get real quick to it. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Okay. Matthew 21, 13. All right. This is taking a little bit of time to load up. Here it is. It is written, he said to them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. So Jesus says that church is to be not a house of prophecy. House people, we call it a house of worship. You know, they, people will say, what is your house of worship? That's unbiblical. That's an unbiblical statement. A house of worship is a unbiblical statement. You want to get the Bible involved in it. You want to get the founder of the church involved in it, which is not a what is not brick and mortar, but is is a living temple made up of lively stones, which are the body of Christ. And where there's two or three of them gathered to get, to, together in His name, there He is. And you know, it's it's a real bummer that people get together, but they get together for so many other things other than Jesus. I was just listening to a beautiful testimony of a man that was a Hindu, and. Uh, that that when he had uh, died and went into heaven, and uh, the Lord, he said to the Lord, "What church should I go back to? What denomination? What church should I go back when I get get back to earth? I, you know, I'm, he's not going to be a Hindu any longer. So it says, what church? What denomination should I go back to? And the and and the Lord said that I should go to. I go back. And the Lord said, that's not important. So he, what he said, the Lord said to him, that's not important. It's not important. He says, what's important is that you have an honest, sincere relationship with me daily, not just on a Sunday. That's what Jesus told him, not just on a Sunday. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get me together because the Bible tells us to, but it's not a brick and border building necessarily. It's wherever believers come together in the name of Jesus for the purpose of serving God so that you don't go to a church empty and then you walk out empty because because it's not ministering to your spiritual needs, okay? And there in the book of Revelations, every pastor, I pastored eight times, they can all quote the scripture to manipulate you that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. But the Bible says we are to rightfully divide the word of God. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus says to people at a church, telling them to get out of that church, he says, come out from among them, ye my people, so you don't take part of their plagues for the judgment that he was going to bring upon one of the seven churches. Okay. 
So how about that scripture? Why don't we rightfully divide the, the scripture as, as Paul tells Timothy, he says, rightfully, he says, study, that's the word we get exegesis from. You say, well, that word exegesis is not in the Bible. Well, we, we get the word exegesis from the scripture where, where Paul says, study to show yourself approved. Then he says, a, a, a workman that needeth not be uh, needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. That's the word we, where we, the word we get hermeneutics from. Okay, so you need to study the scriptures and not just quote one scripture and say uh, the Bible says, "Forsake not the assembling yourself together." First, we got to do, determine what is the assembly by the Koine Greek. It doesn't have anything to do with brick and mortar. The literal word there is ekklesia, which is called out ones. Tertullian, an early church father, said this, where there's two or three gathered in Christ's name, there the church is. That is what Jesus meant in Matthew 18, 20, where he said there's two or three people gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. As a, a, a friend of mine, um, Frank Smith said, who's, who's got his doctorate, I, I do as well, and but he studied uh, uh, long years ago, and he's a good friend of mine, he's an older man, he said, you know, when it talks about two or three witnesses there, he's going, and that's in conjunction to the Mosaic law. He's saying a matter is established when there's two or three, that's church government. So he's literally saying where there's two or three people gathered in Christ's name, there's there the church is. And that's biblical. Jesus said that. So go figure. Okay. So we've got so many people that are uh, going to places where there's a lot of bodies. Listen, just because there's a lot of bodies somewhere doesn't make that a church. There's a lot of bodies Okay, at a graveyard, but they're all dead. Okay, and and so that's 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 not life. And there's life in Jesus, and there's hope in Jesus, and there's and there's there's a living living walk with God in Jesus. Another brother, also I heard, um, it was Howard Storm. He died as an atheist, and and the Lord brought him back, like the Lord brought that Hindu brother back. And when he was in heaven, he said the same thing: Lord, what church should I go to? And the Lord said, what matters is not what church you go to. He says, go wherever you can grow. So our emphasis is very idolatry focused because that Jesus wasn't talking about a building when he talked about the church. He was talking about a living organ, organism, not an organization or a de, demonic nomination or a, a damnation. He was he was talking about see and and listen I bless the buildings where people meet I mean I, I'm not against that and I'm just kidding around I have got a sense of humor like that but I'm telling you something but why listen just because there's a lot of people somewhere doesn't make it a church there's a lot of people at the graveyard are you growing are you being challenged that's the question. And if you go in the church with nothing and you leave with nothing, then what's the takeaway? What's the purpose of it? You should be going and fellowshipping with people that can that can build you up, that can that can inspire you, that can call you to you know to repentance, and that you can you can always be accountable no matter where you're at. You know you got to be accountable to other people. Okay, I believe in that, and you need to do that. But you should be accountable to the brothers and sisters wherever you're at. I mean, if you have humility, you're going to take input. You're going to listen 
If you read Proverbs, the wise person takes instruction, correction, and rebuke. And, and it's not just because it's like, well, if I, I'll be wise if I listen to correction. I'll be wise if I listen to instruction. I'll be wise if I listen to rebuke. It's not, that's not the motivation. It's because you value other people and you recognize that you don't have a monopoly on wisdom and you don't want to just hear your own opinion so that you actually value people and you value others. And when you value other people, naturally you want to hear what they're saying and you'll be open to correction, rebuke, instruction. And with that, you'll also should be getting some edification, exhortation, and all of that gives ultimately uh, helps you to be grounded in Christ. So just want to challenge you in all of that. Let me go back to the scripture right here, though. As it is written, he said to them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Now, let's, that's, that's uh, Matthew 21, 13. Isaiah, my house should be called a house of prayer. So Jesus was quoting from Isaiah 56, 7, and we're going to finish right off. These things, oh, wait a second, wait a second. These will I bring to my holy mountain, pardon me, Isaiah 56, 7. These will I bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. This is what God says. This is what God says. He says, these will I bring to my holy mountain. That's that living, that's Mount Sinai. That's where we've come, people. That is where we're going. We're ascending there through the grace of God by the blood of Jesus. When I'm having these supernatural experiences, what's happening? I'm ascending, okay, spiritually into that holy mountain. I'm 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 fellowshipping in that holy mountain in the in the in the New Jerusalem. Uh, well, it's not the New Jerusalem, Mount Sinai. As you read in the book of uh, Hebrews, it says we're there right now. Not we're going to be there. Go read it. Read your book of Hebrews. I think it's chapter 12 and 13, possibly, that he talks about we right now are in Mount Sinai. We are in the spiritual kingdom of God now. And so you got to understand that's where we're at. And so um, these will I bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. That's Isaiah 56. You want to get the Bible involved with it. Verse 7, their burnt offering of sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So I want to just say that as an emphasis. Your prayer life is important, so powerful. I, I had an experience where the Lord, I, I, I saw like the number 15, and that's not a normal thing that I see. And I was like, what's that about? Well, later I heard this prophetess sister that I, I've not followed and that I don't follow. Um, but I, she shared, and it was like random. I don't know how she even got where I was as far as I couldn't understand why, why she was uh, like in the list of videos that I was looking at that had nothing to do with the subject, but she popped up in there. And I, and I just, out of curiosity, I hit her, hit her video randomly and she was talking about how the Lord had spoken to her, and he he told her in this supernatural experience. Let me put this out a little. He told her in this supernatural experience that um, he he she had a dream, and in the dream, the Lord said to her. He told her, um, "Give me fifteen p 
pure. Give me 15 pure. Give me 15 pure. And and then and, and, and I think the third time he said, tell my people to give me 15 pure. When she woke up, she said, Lord, what does that mean? And the Lord told her, tell my people to give me 15 minutes of pure prayer, undivided, not a single thought coming in your mind. In other words, this is not really going to be, in my opinion, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I think it's not you asking for the finances for your ministry. Um, that's something that I pray for, but I don't believe that that is a part of that pure prayer. Okay. I, I don't, because we, we got to make sure that, that our needs are not put above God. So I, I think 15 minutes of pure prayer is you're, you're praying, not, not like I pray for visions. It's not praying for visions. It's not praying for the finances for the ministry. It's not praying for uh, being led and, and having the finances to buy property. That's not what it's about. Okay. It's, it's the 15 minutes pure of prayer. You can pray for all those things and you ought to pray for them. But 15 minutes of pure prayer is focus, uh, um, consecrated, sanctified prayer where it is Lord work in my heart, Lord change me. Okay. Um, Holy Spirit, reveal things in my life that need to change. And then coming under the leadership of, of the Holy Spirit, that is asking God and allow. Listen, if you pray and you, if, if you, when you pray, you'll always walk away different than when you started. If you've prayed, if you walk away and you've prayed and you haven't changed, then you haven't prayed. So this 15 minutes of focused prayer is laser beam. It is, it is, it is seeking God. Break up the fallow ground of my heart, Almighty God. Renew in me a right spirit, Almighty God. Sanctify my lips, Almighty God. Okay. Purify my heart, Almighty God. I surrender to you. I renounce the world, the flesh. It is a, a focused, real, not religious, not going through like uh, you know uh, route, you know route, or whatever they say. You know, going the going through the motions. It is a sincere prayer prayed from your inner being, prayed from your heart to God with no narcissism involved. And I don't think it's narcissistic to pray for land or finances. But the thing is, if that's the first thing you pray for, you should question yourself. Okay, it's just like these the, the gifts. Here I have a prophetic ministry, but understand, today we've made prophecy a idol, and we've made those who prophesy an idol. And like the Roman Catholics that allow men to worship other men, we've permitted it in even the evangelical faith, and it's a real grieving to God. The only person that we're to worship is Jesus Christ. The only person that we're to worship is Jesus Christ. And we're not to give a, a human being a position like a pastor, apostle, prophet, teacher, and evangelist, and lift them to the place of Jesus Christ and be involved in idolatry. And we're not to allow people to uh, to worship us. So there's a big problem in the body of Christ, okay? Big problem in the body of Christ. And back into this subject again on prayer. So prayer is is the focus now. It should be your focus in your life. I believe you should pray more than 15 minutes. And this sister says she prays for like, four hours or something. I, I, I really don't know the lady or her, her, her ministry. Um, it's not somebody that I know much about and I don't necessarily 
think that I, I intend to, uh, I just don't have time to be following people, to be honest. I just, I'm, I'm trying to be polite. Okay. I just don't have time to follow people. Okay. I'll, I'll check something here and there, uh, but I just can't be following people. You guys send me stuff. I have to hear from God. In fact, the more stuff you send me, by the way, I love you all out there, but the more stuff you send me from other prophets and stuff, you mess my prophetic up. You know that? I need to hear from God directly. I don't want people to send me visions and dreams of, from other people. And I'm, not, I'm being polite. I love you and I appreciate you. Okay. And, and if you want to send it for, in confirmation, that's fine. But other than just sending different stuff sometimes, it, it's, it's like the Lord doesn't have to tell me that any longer because he's told you told me. And um, so that's one of the things is, you know, I really don't have time to get caught up in that whole pursuit of that. But I, I believe what she said is valid. Let's give the Lord 15 pure, okay, every day. But I believe you ought to pray, as, as she also said, she prayed two to three, four hours a day. I believe you ought to pray more than just 15 minutes. And 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 I and I that has been a practice of my life um, to pray more than that daily. Um, that doesn't make me spiritual. It's because I recognize that uh, I am a spirit wrapped in a soul living in this body. And and because of that, I've got to mortify this flesh every day. That's right. Uh, Paul said, I die daily. That's biblical. Okay. And then I've got to subdue this mind daily, casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I've got to do that daily. First um, Corinthians chapter nine, verse 28, Paul says, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection. Lest after I preach to others, I myself am a reprobate is actually what the Koine Greek says, which means lest I get to a point where I can't ever repent again. That's actually what it says in the Greek. And, uh, and I teach the Greek and that is what it actually says. It's interesting that people use the word disqualified there because it's actually not the word disqualified. It's the same word used two other times, once in Titus and once in Romans, the same Greek word that is the word reprobate. And he said, so he says, and he was an apostle. So if you don't think that, that uh, you have to bring your flesh under, you're wrong. Because Paul said, I've got to beat my body up. And he was an apostle. So we got to do that. We got to, we got to deal with the, that we're a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body. We got to deal with the body every day. And we got to deal with our part of our soul, which is the word suke, mind, will, and emotions. We've got to deal with our mind every day. We've got to subdue it. That is walking in the spirit. Okay. But understand something. So prayer is necessary. That's my focus. I'm not, I'm not digressing. You think I am. I'm not it, because it's all connected. It's like a spoke. It's connected. Okay. Prayer makes it all happen. You, you get powered up in prayer. Your heart changes in prayer. Um, God meets you in prayer. You're, you're encouraged in prayer. You're led through prayer. Um, Literally, you know, some of you think you need devil's cast out of your deliverance. Listen, if you just learned how to pray, if you just learned how to pray, all your problems would go away. I'm, I'm not kidding. Not that you wouldn't have trials and tribulations in this life, but understand, if you could just learn how to pray on your knees or on your face, pray and seek the Lord, not for what you can get from him or what he can give to you, but just as, as, as the Bible says, to love the Lord with all your mind, heart, soul, and your strength. So you could just do that, okay? As Daniel, uh, Daniel, David said, he said, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, okay? That I might, that I might inquire in his temples, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, okay? 
if you can make the Lord the one thing that's important to you in your life, and you can and you can set aside time where you just pursue the Lord, not out of what you can get for him. I will continue to pray for different things, but there's 15 minutes that need to be for the Lord. Nothing else, just the Lord, just the Lord, just see, not bringing in Lord. We have a ministry. We need land. No, don't, don't bring that into it. Okay. Lord, uh, do we need finances? Lord, would this person get saved? Lord, will this person get healed? No, 15 minutes of, of, of time. It's like, look at, it. it's like you take your wife out for a date, right? Okay. Do you, do you sit there the whole time and never look up at her one time or ever say hello? Because you're on the cell phone. The Lord doesn't appreciate that you come into prayer and then your mind drifts off over here and over here, over here. And then all you're doing is in praying is God, give me, 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 give me. That's all you're doing. See, the prayer that I'm talking about is the time where you consecrate yourself to God and you seek the Lord because he is an exceeding and great reward. You seek the Lord because he is uh should be your everything he is the jewel that the man when the bible talks about the man found that there was some treasure in the land he sold everything that he had so he could purchase that treasure jesus christ god the father the holy spirit they are that precious jewel that we should be willing to abandon everything to possess that we should not be driven or pulled by finances, even the things God has called us to do. God has called me to buy property. He's, I've had that prophesied over me. I've had at least five people that never met each other have visions and stuff about me owning property. Okay? Okay? It's a fact. All right? So that's not like something I'm uh, I'm going to go buy some property. No, the Lord has put it on my heart that I'm supposed to buy like a big ranch the one that I'm renting, I'm renting a ranch now, small ranch, okay, but that a big rant, ranch, and that's will be our headquarters. This is our headquarters now. But but guess what? If I start my prayer off with that, that's idolatry. If I start my prayer off with, Lord, we need more finances here, that's idolatry. Okay, if I if my prayer is just for what I need and what, no, that's idolatry. First thing, is the Lord. Love the Lord with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's what you got to do. So you give 15 minutes pure to the Lord. I'm doing that. I really was blessed by that. And, I, and I'm and i like, because I already felt convicted of the Holy Spirit. So before I ever watched this video, I, the Lord showed me the word, the, the number 15. And he always talks to me through numbers. I had a vision one time with God's hand. And at, he had a bag. And out of that bag, all these numbers poured out. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to talk to you through numbers, not the book of numbers, but through numbers. God talks through numbers. Does he? Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, right? That's three, right? Jesus died and resurrected three days, right? Jonah in the belly of the well, three days, right? There's three primary colors, right? 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 Yeah, there's three. You'll see it all over the Bible. Three speaks about the uniqueness of God, right? So God speaks through numbers, okay? Uh, 40, uh, Jesus was in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. 
it rained uh, 40 days and 40 nights with Noah. Okay, Moses was in the desert for 40 years. Okay, that's right. Okay, uh, a righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. The word of God is tried seven times in a furnace. Seven, perfection. Okay, you could see that numbers have meaning. So I saw the number 15, and so I was like, what is the Lord saying? Well, he wasn't trying to talk to me about the meaning of the number 15 this time. He was he was planting something in my heart that in my times of prayer, I was just simply praying, Lord, change me. In other words, I was feeling Lord work in me. Lord, bring revival to me. Okay. And, and, and not caring about these things that are temporal and natural material, even though God wants me to have uh, this ministry ranch, that's a natural temporal thing. It's not the kingdom of God in heaven. It's a part of what God wants me to do on earth, but my focus can't be that. And so my focus by the Holy spirit was just led in giving. I, I don't pray that way. And I never, ever have really ever started off that way, to be honest. I always start off with thanksgiving. I, I try to practice always prayer first is thanksgiving. The first part of my prayer is thanksgiving. Then repentance. And that, and and then and then just praying to the Lord. I usually do that anyways, but it wasn't a pure 15 always. It would be, you know, a while. Then I would leave and shift into the, the gears of praying for people for the ministry or praying for property or praying for direction. But I began to feel here in this season that Lord, the Lord was telling me, put all that away and increase your time of intimacy prayer. And so when the sister said this, I was like, that's what God meant. And that's why I saw the number 15, because God is, is confirming to me that that's what I'm to do. And I already was already starting off every day with praise and worship first, and then repentance, consecration, prayer that is focused not on anything that I get from God, anything that God does for me, but rather the Lord doing something in me that he would, and asking him basically, uh, my motive and my desire is so that my heart will be fully in love with God. And so that's always been my focus in the beginning of prayer. But I, the Lord has told me to extend that before I begin to ask for direction for the ministry, before I begin to ask for different things that 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 uh, we would like to have happen that the Lord has told us to happen. But those have got to be second priority. Okay. Second priority. And I feel, I even believe that that praying for your husband, or your wife, it needs to be second priority. Praying for the salvation of your loved ones needs to be second priority. You, you, you need to pray those or you're not being an intercessor and you're, you're not being a servant, but you need to do 15 minutes totally of, of basically intimate personal relationship with God that you're cultivating that because after all, he's the supreme God and you're, have, you're to not have any other idols before him. So if there's things that are competing for that, you need to get that out of your life and make sure that you can do that. So I, I, I hope that you will also pick up that 15 minutes pure prayer. Okay, I, I ask that you would do that and to make sure that you can start, start practicing that in your life. And then after, continue to pray. For others, because because remember, Jesus didn't say this was a philosophical idea. He said, I am God, your Lord. He said, but I didn't come. He said, the son of man didn't come to the earth to be served, but to serve others. 
Okay. Now a servant in those days was not on payroll. A servant had to serve period, whether they got dinner, whether they got clothes, or even whether they had a place to sleep on, they, they could throw them outside. That servant was a slave. And so they didn't do anything to get something. When you're when you understand the kingdom of God, a lot of people are narcissists. They can't understand it. They're like, what's my takeaway? What do I get out of it? Well, guess what? You misunderstand the gospel. And because you don't have spiritual eyes, you don't understand the kingdom. So a lot of you don't even understand doing something for somebody else because you're you're all about get, get, get. And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it's to receive, but you don't understand it. It's a kingdom perspective. So all Christians will be intercessors if they are servants. At some point, you've got to go into intercessory after you've met, after you've met the most important need of your life, and that's your love and walk with God. So after you've after you've done that, come up, that's my puppy dog. Come up here, okay. After you after you've done that, okay. After you've done that, after you've, you've met your most per, uh, most important relationship in life, which is is God, then you should be as a Christian beginning to do intercession. You should begin to do intercession for others, okay, because that's what being a servant is. And you should be looking in ways to serve others where you're going to get nothing. Jesus teaches that. When you serve others, don't figure out what you're going to get out of it. So if you're like, well, I'm not going to go help that person over there, that neighbor who's 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 going to get a fine for not doing their, their lawn because what am I going to get out of it? Well, you know something? You're not, that's the, you're, if you get it here, you don't get it in heaven. So if you get it here, you're not going to get it in heaven, okay? So being a servant isn't understood by people that are, are narcissists. They don't understand opening doors. They don't understand helping somebody do their laundry. They don't understand, they don't understand none of that. They don't understand pulling over and giving somebody a ride. If somebody's in an accident. You go over and see if you can help. They don't understand any of that because what are they getting out of it? What's the profit? So they're basically just takers. Okay, uh, the Bible talks about people who despitefully use you. They're users. There's, that's what people are. They're not givers. They don't understand that Jesus shifted and said, this is not an ideology or an idea. He said that those who are in the kingdom of God understand that being a servant is the greatest thing you can do. Oh, she, here, she's a little narcissist. She wants attention big time. But anyways, I'm going to get off. So. Um, again, please understand that part of prayer there so that you're going to go from uh, consecration prayer, sanctification prayer. That is a, a, set, a, a time that is set aside for the Lord, period. Worship, consecrating your heart, separating yourself to the Lord, seeking the Lord, not for what you can get out of, uh, out of him, not what he can give to you, not what he can do for you. Not what's important to you in your material, corporeal life, but your spiritual life, that which is eternal, the corporeal life is temporal and it's going to pass away. So even those things that you do here on this earth are going to pass away. So putting God first before you go into the second mode of first is to love the Lord with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. That's the first commandment. Second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Then you go into intercessory prayer. Just following Jesus' model of love the Lord with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. Girl, you got to get down. You got to get down. I'll let you out if you want to go outside. I'll let you out. <laughs> You're so funny. I'll let you out in a little bit.
Okay, so that makes sense, right? That makes sense, right? First, love the Lord first with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. So in your prayer, do 15 minutes pure of just loving the Lord. Then shift into the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Then go into intercessory prayer. Okay, because the, what I, I forget the lady's name, but she's a prophetess of the Lord. And she said when she was caught up into heaven, Jesus told her that the number one position in heaven, highest person in, in rank in heaven, is a prayer warrior. Because a prayer warrior is praying for others. Okay, but you, you need to have a relationship with God first. So first commandments, love the Lord. So that's what your first 15 minutes of prayer is about. Okay, it's about intimacy. Okay, then after you've been intimate with God, right after your vertical relationship is good, then you can start working on the horizontal relationship. Okay, so there you go. And uh, I appreciate all of you. I pray that you continue to pray for my ministry. And uh, I appreciate you all. We we do pray for you. Uh, everyone here, we pray for the, the those who follow this program. Uh, those who come into the chat area, don't come to the chat area. None of that matters to me. We pray for them. I also pray for, you know, it's, it's something we do every day here. Seven days a week, prayer is made in intercession for the saints. Um, and so you're covered, by the way. And what I would suggest for you is, if you've been praying, asking for prayer, for healing, or whatever it is, miracles, I've already prayed for that. I've covered your prayers, okay? So it's done. I believe it. We've established it. Now you have got to be a good receiver, and you need to say, you come in agreement with me in your own private life because there's no time or space in the kingdom. So you just simply say, Lord, I receive the, the healing because Pastor John has prayed for me. I receive my deliverance because he's been praying for me. See, I've already prayed that. Okay. That's what the Lord showed me by revelation. John, you've prayed that and established in the kingdom. It's done because I don't pray in disbelief. I, I, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. So it's already been done. So then you've got to operate now in the receiving area. So you say, Father, I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive my forgiveness. I receive my breakthrough. Whatever it is, I receive my loved ones getting saved. Whatever it is, you, and you need to do that anyways. Okay, in your prayer, you need to be doing that. That's part of that Thanksgiving part. Is Lord, I, I, I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive your love. I thank you for your wisdom, your understanding. I, I'm receiving. I re thank you that you're giving me wisdom and understanding and all this. Receiving that, okay? So you got to be a good receiver. You need to be a good receiver because we we are praying here for you daily. So you need to do that. You need to speak over yourself the word of God. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. You need to speak the word of God. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. And, and you need to do that. Amen. Well, God bless you all so much. Thank you for following the program. How to get a new pair of glasses. It's entertaining. I know they're a prescription, so I need to get a new, uh, new pair. They're bifocals. But let's just bring that to a close here with um, with Isaiah 56, uh, 7. These will I bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offering and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so make prayer your priority. You need to study the word as well. But the Bible doesn't say it's the house of the preaching of the word, or the house of prophesying, or the house of worship, or the house of the apostles, or the house of the evangelists. 
which are all men. It's the house of prayer, and that's to not a man, but to God. So that's the prayer. That's what you need to do, the house of prayer, okay, the house of prayer. Go pay attention. You'll see some things here in the next few days. Maybe in the next few days, the next few months. I'm, I'm thinking in the next few days, you'll, you'll see some things happening in Russia here. Uh, you'll see it. But I, I would try to get that news from Christian media because the, the, the secular media is just, it's, you know, it's ridiculous, you know. But I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm telling you that's, uh, pay attention to that, okay? God bless you. Thank you for your prayers and, and uh, your love. This is Pastor John. Shalom.